Holy, uh, welcome to another episode of Love the Record Podcast. I am in the building with one of the, I would say, one of the most important industry players that you may not know his name. Somebody who uh, I don't think the course of music in terms of how fans have adopted to some of the newer superstars would have happened the way it happened if this guy didn't, you know, uh, wasn't instrumental in signing these guys, bridging the gap between, you know, usual record executives who are kind of out of touch, but also kind of giving a splash of the new. Uh, a guy who, I can't remember the first time I ever talked to you, but damn. Long time, long time. If you don't know who I'm sitting with, uh, I'm sitting with Orlando. What, what do you go by? Do you go by Warrenberg? Orlando you go by Warrenberg. Just you know my my first and last name. Yo, you go by the full government. You know, a lot of people call me Warrenberg on Instagram. You know, everybody that knows me calls me Orlando. So you know, I usually you're the first name that comes to my mind when I think of an A and R who really A and R's. Right? Like not a lot. Not a lot of them. Yeah, and. Um, I kind of want to get into that because there's a lot of people who I realize I watch the, you know, watch this podcast and they're super interested in the music business. And I keep telling people, I said, listen, man, if you if you got a lot of interest in the music business, if you can't rap, there's still a million other jobs you can get. Absolutely. I always tell people, I'm like, yo, and to be honest, if you really want the most amount of money, if, if you got talents otherwise, you probably could go get the same or even more money uh, otherwise. I did pretty well without an album. I know. So first and foremost, and we got to kind of like take it from the top. Um, people know you as like, I don't even know no other. I've never known any other A and R Atlantic or was that was Atlantic. I only known you because all the big acts I kept seeing that one fucking name Orlando Orlando. How did you get into like you know uh, first of all the music business period and how did you even become an A and R because I don't think usually kids are thinking yo let's do A and R work. They're probably thinking yo I'm either the rapper or at worst the manager. I got into this with Ransom. I went to high school with Ransom. Really? And Ransom started rapping, and I just started working with him. We went and got a studio together. We was partners in a couple How of How were you growing, like, uh, like kind of, like, drawn to him type shit? Me and him was in, in, in class together all the time, just joking around, joking and laughing, joking and laughing. And then one day he comes to me, he's like, yo, I'm going to start rapping. I started j laughing, like, man, ain't no fucking rapper. And then he played me something that shit was pretty good. So I'm like, nah, let, let's do something. Let's go, you know, let's let's get our funds up. Let's get a studio and let's start working at this. So, you know, back then it was no Instagram or nothing. So you really had to put good music out and then try to move up the ranks. You know, it's not like now that you could just put something on IG or put something on YouTube. And see if it pops. And it goes pop. It wasn't like that. You had to go in with the Spotify back then, which was DJ Clue or DJ Envy, or Big Mike, and those type of DJs. You had to be on those. That was all Spotify back then. So you had to be on those. And if you was on those and you did well, then people fucked with you. So really, that's what we was doing. We was just in the studio, just making records, so, trying to get hot at one point. At that point, did you kind of know what you wanted to do? Because, you know... Not at all. I, I always say... Hey, if you want to know if you'd be a good person to operate in the music business, I could test your resourcefulness, right? If we need to go get some shit done, how good are you in making that shit happen? Or how good are you in doing it for little or nothing? It's the dedication you have. If you have a lot of dedication and strong will, then you'll be good at this. If not, then don't even try. Like You have to be dedicated because you're going to get a thousand no's before you get one yeah. 
So at that point, you're not even thinking about a dollar sign at that point. I don't know. We was just trying to be on mixtapes, man. We just wanted to be on DJ Clue, and we would have felt like we made it. It wasn't even about money then. Mm. It was just, oh, we could get on Clue's mixtape. We'll be cool. Like, that was just a goal of ours. Like, yo, we just get on these mixtapes, and people hear it, and then we'll see what happens. So what did happen? We got bad luck, bro. Napster happened. So oh, yeah. Music. That's like 2000, ain't it? Yeah, music landed in a funny place at that time. So now you got everybody freestyling and doing shit, but then Napster comes out and the labels didn't know what to do. So now it's not a lot of money in music now at that point because the labels are losing money because everybody's sharing music. This was all, the internet was new. Nobody knew what was going on. So now they stopped on the record deals. Everybody's sharing the music for free. So now everybody's putting these mixtapes out and there's really no money being generated with this with that generation of rap because the labels didn't figure it out yet. They didn't have the Spotify's, the Apple Music's where you can monetize music. Back then you had to buy music. Now you rent music. You don't buy music anymore. Mm. You rent it. Back then you owned the music. You bought a mixtape, you bought an album, you owned it, you listened to it as many times as you want. But didn't that make the the ability for the music to spread easier yes and no because if you wasn't on these mixtapes that were the spotify's back then like the clue the envy the big mics then you, nobody was listening to you you had to get those cosigns from those people there was only 20 slots on every tape mm. so there were already 15 were taken by known acts already so there was only a little breathing room to get into these things Mm. So so Peter Pierce like downloading software is fucking up the game. Fuck no money's man, being made. Y'all is trying to get on, trying to be resourceful. What what happens after that? Hey, well, talk, talk a little bit closer to the mic. Just, just swing the mic. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, we was just trying, trying, and trying, and just kept putting stuff out, but it wasn't sticking. So now you have to make money somehow. Mm. We had to do whatever we had to do to get money in. Ran. Unfortunately, goes away on a vacation for five years. Oh shit, Rand did go down. Damn. So at this point, you stra- like you stranded. So now I'm like, damn, what the fuck I'm gonna do? Like you know. But then, that's when the music business started evolving. Music business started evolving. Like three or four years passed, and then I started going to labels more because you know I already had a lot of relationships with DJs and rappers from everything I had there with Ransom. So I already had a couple of relationships. So now I start. Going to the labels, mm-hmm. seeing what they doing, understanding, well, oh, shit, what this guy does, well, what's this guy's job? Well, he does marketing, he does radio promotion, he does this, he does that. Oh, he's an A&R. Oh, shit, what's an A&R? Like, you know, I, I still, we was doing this ourselves, so we ain't wasn't in labels, we ain't know what was going on. So now I start going to labels, I find out what an A&R does. Or, you know, what every, just what every facet of the business is, you know, just little by little. What was an A&R at that point? Ain't always just somebody who you needed a big cosign to get a deal back then. So ain't always just somebody who worked for a rapper, really worked for a rapper and brought you beats. That was really what an A and R was at that time. It wasn't no finding acts and a thousand people getting on. You had to either sign a G unit, a Dipset, or MMG, and you had to have a big cosign to get on. So really, an A and R was just somebody who worked for a big rapper, played beats, and you know set shit up for the rapper. Yeah, I, for my perspective, I used to look at an A&R as kind of like a gatekeeper in a way because you're right about the cosign. You needed something that kind of stamped you to 
you know, get even access to the record business and get get signed. But um, the A and R was that. I don't know if that's the same anymore. So w- w- when you first started going to labels, what's the what's what's the thing that kind of drawing you into it? Like, what's your natural inclination saying? Well, I was like, damn, these people making money and they're not risking their freedom. Like, they're not risking their freedom. They're still making a lot of money. It's a good job. And it's worth your while. Like, you know, if you really put your all into it, like, it's something you could do as a career. And then I seen people like Irv Gotti started taking off and Dame Dash started taking off. And they ain't rap. They ain't sing. They were just A&Rs. End of the day, they were the two best A&Rs. So now you're looking at them, they're real popular, and you're like, damn, I could do what they did. Just find acts and work with them and play records and make records and sign other artists. Like, that, that it don't seem too far-fetched that you could do it. You know, you're seeing two guys do it. So your, your first official job in the music business was what? My first official job, I was an intern for 300. Damn. So I just interned. And what year is this? This was like nine years ago. So probably like 2013, 2013, 2014. So it took me from being with Clue in them, and that was probably like 08. So it took another six years of me just hanging out, being around, seeing what people were doing to see what I could do. Because, you know, it's not an easy business to get into. Yeah. But back then it was even harder. So when you're interning, what, what, what they got you doing? I was interning. I was just looking for acts. Looking, 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 looking. So you were interning as an A and R. I was interned as an A and R for Salim. So I was Salim's intern. Salim was the A and R, the head of three hundred. Uh huh. He brought me in because he knew I had a lot of relationships from the ransom thing. He knew I did a lot for ransom, and he knows that he knew I had a lot of dedication. So he was like, "Yo, I'm gonna bring you in to work with me, and let's just see what happens." Like, you know, I think you're pretty good at this. Let's just see what happens. That's all he'll tell me. Mm. So I go in there every day. I start looking for shit now because now is is to the point where the cosign ever was changing. Now you now SoundCloud is popping up. Now you have rappers Facts. on SoundCloud, but now nobody blows up yet. Yeah. You have people listening to people, but nobody really exploded. You still needed to cosign. So now all these other rappers, you know, they've been doing it 15 years. So now that all these kids started coming out of SoundCloud and, you know, we, we over here looking at SoundCloud, like, what we could do? You think these kids could break? You think something could happen? So I'm from Jersey, so then... I come across Fetty Wap. Mm. So when I come across Fetty Wap. When's the first time you heard him? I remember the first time I heard him was in Garden State Plaza. And somebody said, there's a nigga who's from Patterson with one eye. Sing his heart out, boy. The first time I heard him, I went to Teaneck. I was in a, it was like a Mexican restaurant open night. And I seen him and I I liked it. I was like, oh shit, you know, it's cool. But I was on some rap shit. Like, you know, I was running around with a stack and Rest in peace, stack and ransom and fab and I'm like they was really rapping like they was saying bars that was out of this world, kiss and styles like they was fucking knock your block off with rap. So when I listened to Fetty, he was real melodic, sounded real good, but it wasn't to the level of that type of rap. It was a different type of rap, you know. So be yeah. you know, it's kids coming up with their own shit. So I seen it, it was cool. I went home. And I put the I put him up. You just typed it in. I typed his name and I was like, it's, it's kind of interesting, you know? 
It was like 10 people at the open mic. It wasn't crazy. Type his name, and I'm like, yo, this is pretty interesting. So the next day, I bring it to the office. I'm like, yo, I've seen this kid, but I really like him. Like, we should do something with him. So everybody listens to it. Nobody likes it but me, Celine, and Kevin Lyles. What is it about, and I'm going to say, I'm going to start with you, your ear in particular. Because it, it sounds like you're telling me, yo, I grew up off some Fab and Jada. I'm used to niggas kicking bars. This is some melodic shit. But I still think it's interesting enough where you're thinking about it. You got to know when rap changes. Everything's going to change. Nothing's going to stay the same. So you have to know when the curve is coming. All right, man, this is, people have been rapping like this too long. It's already getting redundant and bored, even though they're good. Something new got to come out for the kids, because at the end of the day, the kids control music. Me and you ain't going to control music at the kids. The kids that's 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, those are the kids that's controlling the music, what they're going to listen to, what they're going to consume. And then it trickles down to us, whether we like it or not. Then the older consumer I'd be like, oh, fuck it. The kids are listening to it. If you can't beat them, join them. Did you have that period where you like, you, you, because I, I know mad people in the music business, they have fought to try to keep the music the same. You can't. Like, that's ridiculous. Everything changes. Nothing lasts, nothing lasts forever. Everything has a, a beginning and an end. Everything. So, you're right. So you, you bump in this Fetty Wap shit, uh, bumping in the office. Seem like nobody but you and person nobody, inter- nobody, cares. nobody cares. It took us seven months to get that deal done. Why? Nobody wanted to sign it. It was a SoundCloud thing. Then he st- he starts you know st- streaming on SoundCloud, but it was still nobody from SoundCloud had blown up at this time yet. So now it goes from then, and we trying to get the deal. Then I'm and I'm adamant about. It. I'm like, nah, this kid's gonna go. Like you know, it's cool. People fuck with him. People fucking with his records. He got a good voice. It's melodic. It sounds good. Radio shit. But it wasn't on the radio yet. Mm. It was just on SoundCloud. Going crazy. So, and I'm going to talk a little bit. And again, doesn't have to be any of your personal business, but just business in theory for people who, I guess somebody probably watching this, they're saying, yo, how does an A&R even get paid? Right? Like, is it something where you get a finder's fee? Do you just get a salary? And, you know, I could get paid many ways. A salary, and then you get points. Okay. On the record sales. Kind of like, uh, so kind of almost like royalties. Uh, a royalty, yeah. You get really? a royalty, yeah. Oh, I I see. I learn something new every day. So, you know, I every, never knew. Every label pays different, but, you know, if you have a good lawyer, you have to have a lawyer to be an A&R, too. Don't just sign any deal. Yeah. Because, you know, you can sign an act to make a label... $500 million, so, you know, you should be able to reap the benefits of that money, you know? Because you found the act, you did all the records and everything. Ah, okay, 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 okay. But at this point, um, with this Fetty Wap situation, you, you're you probably not getting that because you're an intern, right? I'm not getting nothing at this point. But you're kind of showing that, yo, listen, I got a good ear. Also, I'm, I'm going to do and go wherever it takes to go find I'm the artist. to prove myself. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to prove myself. So I was like, if I could find an actor, too, that does good, I could find an actor, son, that does good, mm-hmm. you know, I could probably get a job, you know? I ain't think a, I ain't think this far ahead, like, oh, I could make this amount of money. I was just like, man, shit, a good A&R probably makes 100000 A fucking lawyer makes 100000 back then. Like, I, could, I don't have to go to college, and I could still make money like I, I, I went to college. 
So I'm going to really pursue this and take it hard because I don't have a degree. Mm. So this was something for me that, like I said before, like, damn, I could do this and I don't got to risk my freedom and I can still make a living. So I took it very serious. So Fetty Wap, uh, like uh, how how intimately? Because I think when I also think about a and i A&R, I'm thinking about an A and R. Like if you ever watch how college football coaches go recruit a high school quarterback or receiver, and they're they're pretty much convincing the mom or they're 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 working with the player even in their neighborhood might try to get them a better. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got to move out of this neighborhood. Let me try to help you. Like, how intimately, or is it just like you see somebody and be like, yo, let's get on a phone call and I'll try to get you a deal? Or are you... I mean, everybody's different. Like, everybody that you deal with, you're going to come across as different. It's always good to meet people and see their vibe and see if you're even fucking with them. Because if you're an A&R, you have to put your time into these people. You know, because you don't want to sign somebody... And then I put your time into them because now you're cheating both of you, you know? Now you the label's wasting money. You ain't really believing it. You know, you got to do shit that you believe in and, and you want to put your time into because you're going to spend a lot of time with these people. Hey, I always tell people I had a very short stint where I was like, you know what? I got, I got a platform. I got some influence. Maybe I could just do a label thing, right? And I flew out to meet with two artists. And I kid you not, I was so salty. They, they didn't sign. But I was so salty that I wasted my my weekends. I was just like never again. I, I, I felt like I I felt like I invested so much time. It was the biggest letdown ever. Yeah, this is like a business where you invest a lot of your time into these people. You know, you might work three years with somebody and they might not sell a record. Invest four years of your time and might not sell anything. How do you, how do you get um prepared for letdowns or disappointments? I mean, this is this is this is how I come into it. You can't make people like something, so you can like it. You can put your time into it if you like it. Go ahead, but you never can make somebody else like something. So you can't put pressure on yourself for people to like something because you can't force anybody to like anything. Mm. That's the only thing we can't do. Have you had any, um, like, close, like, you almost was there to sign somebody, like, big. And yeah, yeah, they yeah. just made another decision saying, I'm going over there. And Post Malone. Post Malone? Yeah. Post Malone. Where did Post go? Post managers like Dre London, right? Yeah. Where did he go? He went to Republic. Republic. Yeah, you know, I was trying to get it done, and we couldn't get it done. And Dre's my brother. So that's interesting. All right, so, so like, it doesn't have to be like specific about that situation, but yo, you see an artist buzzing. Like, where are you finding artists? Everywhere, but mostly word of mouth. For me, it's faster. Instagram now is really the, the number one place. Really? You think artists. word of mouth? So, like, if somebody be like, yo, you heard about him? Yeah, because I go a lot of places, and before they even buzzing, have you heard about this young kid? Like, you know, we got him in the studio, just going to studios because they got to go to studios to record. Yo, you know, I got this young kid coming in, he sounds pretty good. You know, the really word of mouth is still the best. It, it feels like you're on, like, ground zero with, like, music, um, trying to figure out what's really moving, like, really moving in the streets. Like, I know labels these days, somebody who does digital marketing, they show me a chart. They're like, Yo, basically, these days, they get a printout every week of what's streaming, what's doing this, what's breaking out. It's, and I started thinking about it. I'm like, yo, so when does like the A&R make that decision of saying, 
all right, yeah, but those are fake streams or these streams is just because some other shit going on. This shit right here and this guy right here might not have the most streams right now, but his whole neighborhood is lit off him. That's where it goes from you being outside, you meeting the people and seeing what's really going on. Because that list, let's say you get a list of 30 people every two weeks. There's only two people, three people going to make it every year. So now that you're getting 500 people a year on a list, that's what they're going to do it for you. Like, what, what you going to comb through that list? And you have to be outside. You have to be in these studios. It ain't just research. They call it research. Like, they have a lot of research people at labels, but a lot of research haven't broke. Mm. So the last two years, what, what rappers have broke? Because there's been a lot Glorilla. of research. It's Glorilla. Glorilla. And she had a hit with no research. She just came out with a hit band. Yeah. Let's see, Glorilla. Who else broke in the last two? Ice Spice, I guess. Ice yeah. Spice. She put out a couple records and reacted well. Mm-hmm. And it went. Shout out to Ice Spice on Cat. Um, I don't know how long Pooh been been locked up for. Pooh yeah. did his thing, but then it, Gucci, it might be, yeah. Gucci helped a lot with the getting him out there and doing things, but then he came with a record. You know, yeah. There's always you know, a little help here and there. But besides that, the last three years, who the fuck has really broke? Another hard thing I've realized about what A&R is in this day and age is that you want to get to the artist before he has everybody else in his ear. and it's Or there's 30 other motherfuckers who is telling the same thing. A lot of people thing. get deals that shouldn't get deals because people jump the gun. Mm. You jump the gun on a stupid little TikTok dance record and the person's not really an artist. How, how do you make that, that distinction? You can meet somebody and know if they're real or not, if they're truly an artist or not. Because remember, at the end of the day, we want to sign musicians. We don't want to sign gangsters. We want to sign people who want to make music. So somebody who wants to make music is a fucking musician. So you want to sign people who are going to be musicians, not in the army. This ain't the army. Like people think you join in the army, you get a record deal. <laughs> right? No, it's not that. We need musicians, people that want to make music and make music better. Have you ever had one of the moments where you're like, yeah, I see some numbers on it, but I don't think, like, maybe a gut feeling, like, nah, th th this ain't. Really? Every day. Because there's just so many people on the research, and now you got to look at everything. Damn. So, so with the post, I, I got to imagine, by the time you got to post Malone, there's 20 other people trying to, like, post kind of blew, he kind of hit quick. I was on, I, I was at 300, and Oz and Zeke had met him. But I already knew Dre London because Dre London used to live next door to me. So then they come back to 300. they like, yo, we got this kid named Post, yada, yada, yada. They sent him a bullshit deal, though. I think it was 60000 some shit like that. Then he puts the White Iverson out. So, oh, yeah. so they sent him that deal before he posted? Before he posted. Damn. Like, everybody was there. And then Dre London being the mix, he used to live in Jersey. So we was real cool with Dre London. So now. So at that is he letting like 300 hear that record before he puts it out? Yeah, they was in the studio with him when they did it. So they heard uh, um, White Iverson. They heard White Iverson. But now you remember, this is all SoundCloud shit. So now you don't know you don't know he's going to be Post Malone. And it took him a long time to turn to Post Malone because it was the one time when he put music out and then it was like this. And, and also a lot up. of people thought that even after White Iverson, they thought it might have been gimmicky and it might have died and out. He did the Bieber record. That ain't. Put him where he should have been, and then he did the records on his own. And you know it takes time. That fucking congratulations record, man! Fucking monster. It takes. 
yo, look, man, it, music takes time for you to like it, for you to get good at it. So now these kids come out so fast that, and there's no real executive producers to help them. Back in the day, everybody always had an executive producer. It came from somebody. Somebody taught them how to do this. Mm-hmm. Now it's these kids teaching themselves. So sometimes it takes a little longer. So you know it took Post a little longer, but when he exploded, he exploded. Yeah, so so at least with Post, though, it seems like he just didn't get the right deal offer. But it's not like a situation where somebody beats you to the punch. But that probably happens all the time, though. I mean, that, they, they was my friends, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a business, and it's about money. So, you know, somebody's going to give you a better, more money, better terms, you're going to have to go with that. Okay. So let me rewind a little bit, because I still think that's uh, during the same time period, right? So Fetty Wap, right? Fetty Wap is clearly succeeding, Right. Do you get immediately like promoted like, yo? No. Fetty Wap starts selling records, and I'm still interning. Really? Yeah. So then my good friend, Lior, shout out Lior Cohen. Lior was like, yo, look, man, just, um, you know, I don't got the budgets here to hire anybody. You know, we had a whole staff. The only person selling records at the time was Fetty Wap. So he was like, yo, look, I'm, I'm going to put you with Julie so you could go to Atlantic. Really, he did you solid. Yeah, but I mean, Julie's like, you know, Julie was his assistant for years and he put Julie in position. So, you know, him and Julie are like this. So. Why not keep you, though, that you could keep signing people or helping signing people for his label? Because he already had a lot of interns there. He had Salim. So, you know, he ain't really need me at that point, you know? Mm. So when you, you, you go to Atlantic, right, you get hired as an A&R, though. Now. You get hired as an A&R in Atlantic. Mm. How was that? It was good. Like, when I first started there, I didn't really know a lot of people in Atlantic. I only knew Michael Kaiser. Shout out Kaiser. You know, I was real cool with Kaiser. And it was cool. It was a good experience. What's a day-to-day job that, like, an NR does? Because I, I, I still, like, I think a lot of people <laughs> wonder, like, yo, do you kind of just get up, chill all day, nah, go I mean, hang out with artists in the studio, or just go office, to? 10 in the morning. Really? Yeah, you have to look at all the numbers, Spotify numbers, everything that's going on with the artists. Now, there's a lot of bullshit that goes on with the artists. You have to take care of that, you know? Same shit that you'll go through with, with your media thing, you know? You go through this, that, you know, people saying this, people saying that. You're working through artists, and then you're getting ready for for the studio sessions. You need to gather beats. Oh, that's part of your job, too. Yeah, you got to get the beats for them, you know? You got to get you gotta get records. You got to find records for them. Oh, shit. And then, you know, you as an A&R, you have a lot of acts. A lot of acts that you're not going to hear. So, you know, now you're working with, let's say, 10 acts. Two of them are lit. Eight of them ain't lit. So, you know, you still got to put time into everybody. You got to give everybody the same amount of time. Wow. So, uh, you're now at Atlantic. Um, you're probably, like, eager trying to get, like, your feet, like your feet on you. Trying to still prove yourself in a sense, like, letting people know, like, Yo, I'm kind of passionate about this shit, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, and, and just based off your success, pro- you probably were doing certain shit that nobody else was doing. I mean, I was just trying to play the new shit. Like, I'll, I'll go in there and try to play new shit that nobody was on, because at this time, people were still with the old model of, I need to sign an MMG, or I need to do this. So I'm at Atlantic, my first meeting. I play one guy, 21 Savage. Nobody in the room likes it. And You're lying. I'm dead ass. Now I'm hurt. I'm like, yeah, how the fuck y'all don't like this thing? Wait, how'd you find that? Sunny Digital was my man. So Sunny Digital had their red ops. 
So Sunny Digital sent me rare ops. So I already knew anything Sunny and Metro was doing was going to go. So now Sonny was going hard with him. So I was like, now nah, let me bring him up here to play his shit. So I played his shit. They was like, like nah, that shit ain't, ain't no good. This, this, and that. I'm like, how the fuck? I don't like 21. Like, this is crazy. So then I play another record that my man had bought me, Panda. So now I play Panda. Everybody starts laughing. Oh, Panda from Designer? Yeah. All this fake future shit. So now I don't know nobody in this room at this time. Act, film, oh, so, now, so they kind of looking at you like, yo, nigga, maybe you really don't got yeah, the sauce like Maybe you like don't that. know what the fuck you're doing, right? Damn. So I'm, everybody's looking at me like, and they like, nah, this is whack. Both, both things is whack. I'm like, damn, like for real? So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, fuck it. Y'all think it's whack? Cool. Like, is that a shot at your ego at that point? Because because it's kind of doubting that you, you're you hearing what you're hearing. Nah, I, had, I already had signed Fetty, and Fetty was going crazy. So in my head, I was like, man, they don't know what the fuck they talking about. This is the new wave of music. They don't know what the fuck they talking about in here. Like, I'm convinced I'm going to just pass by these motherfuckers because they don't know what they talking about. Yeah. So that was cool. You know, it was cool. So then I find Kodak Black. So I'm like... How did that happen? This is how I found Kodak Black. I was, Fetty Wap's manager called me. And he was like, yo, um, we, in, we in Florida, but it's this kid everybody's playing. And he was like, yo, it's Kodak. So I looked him up immediately. I seen this shit. I was like, nah, this motherfucker's a star. Like, what the immediately. fuck is this? Immediately. Now, this, this guy got to sign him. So now I'm like, I flew him up. And he does, he does a, like he performs. So two people performed that day, him and Solo Lucci. And everybody in Atlantic was like, nah, we got to sign Solo Lucci. We got to sign Solo So this Lucci. is in the, in like, I'm guessing like some type of conference room. Yeah, like, you know, okay, he had a yeah, little yeah. stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he came, he did his thing, people listened to him. And then it was him and Solo Lucci. And people was like, ah, we like Solo Lucci. And I was like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I, I want to sign Kodak. I believe in Kodak. I want to sign him. What didn't they like about Kodak? Or what was your, your thought? It that was just like, dude told me, I ain't going to say no names. Dude was pulling me to the side. He was like, you sure you want to sign this guy? Because he's not even legible. Nobody even knows what he's saying. <laughs> that is true. That is I was true. like, I know what he's saying. He said everything he's saying is fire. And actually, I believe it's because of his rawness with his, like, you know, slang or, like, accent that kind of makes the fans love him even more. Yeah, bro, as soon as I heard this shit, I knew he was a star. Like, it was no... Was not even no second guessing. I already knew what it was. Wait, what song did he perform? He had no flocking and Skrilla. So he performed no flocking and Skrilla, and they're like, ah. Mm. So then I, I I do the deal. The next night, that was when Drake was on the jet dancing to that shit. So I was like, ah, you see, like I know what I'm talking about. If Drake Drake think it's hot, it's hot, nigga. That's it. You already had him in the deal, though. I already had him in the deal. Damn, if they if Drake had danced a little bit earlier, man, that deal would have yeah, looked so, different. Know, it was like, all right, now I think something's going to happen. So then the Kodak starts heating up. The Kodak starts heating up. At this time, I hear PNB Rock. Instagram, I seen him on IG. He Wasn't he locked up, though? He was locked up, but he was about to come home. So How do you get first dibs and first access to these people? Are you making call like? Are, are you like yo yo? Put me in contact with this guy. Are you like yo? I'm going back to then, Philly. Back then it wasn't like wasn't a lot of A and R's back then like there is now. Now there's 50, 60 research people at every label, thirty A and R's. It wasn't that many people reaching out to these people. So I'd just be early, and there won't be that many people reaching out. 
Mm. I just reached out like y'all want to meet him. I met P and B. I thought he was fucking phenomenal. I'm like, yo, I want to do something. Like, yo, he's like a, he's like a Fetty Wap, but he's telling stories. You know, a little more complex. You know. So, Kodak and Fetty had Kodak and Fetty up there. I, I, are they looking at you now? Or did the people around you start be like, you know what, he got a different ear and perspective oh, of music. Wasn't streaming like that at this time. Okay. Like, he was still in P and B. They was just like he ain't had nothing yet, you know? So it wasn't like just a home run out the park or nothing. It was it took another year grinding with these artists, being with them every day, doing stuff. And you know, just getting their their music ready to that point. Mm. So shit. Damn. So you you meet you meet P and B. Um, I'm not sure if it was like how it is now. Now I feel like if you meet an artist with any slight motion, you, you got to give them a pitch why they should sign. Everybody wants to be unsigned. Everybody think they can do it by themselves. You got to be early and fast. and That's why a lot of people don't know what the fuck they're doing. They just signing shit because they see a little blip and they don't know if it's here today and going tomorrow. And you got a lot of people that do have deals but not doing anything. Mm. So shit. Um, all right, cool. You, you get you get you get a PMB. So now you got Kodak and PMB, and you sign Fetty to three hundred. But now people in Atlantic, they're probably taking note that the, the times is changing though. Times is changing. Our music is changing. Streaming is coming in more. People blowing up from SoundCloud. People are taking it more serious now. So now now it was it was getting to a point where these SoundCloud rappers are becoming the rappers. And now you don't need a co-sign. Before you needed a co-sign, you had to sign somebody. Now Kodak wasn't signing nobody. Fetty Wap was probably the first one that wasn't had no had no co-sign and still blew up in New York. Yeah, that's true. Last he person, didn't do a big feature for a long time. In fact, the last person that had blown up before Fetty was French. And French had Puff co-sign him. He had Rick Ross, Gucci was doing shit with him. So he had a lot of people pulling for him. And he was yeah. probably the last New York artist that had came out. And then Fetty Wap just came out of nowhere by himself. God damn. Shit. So after PMB, are, are, is streaming picking up at this point then? Now so this is around like 2015. 2015. Now streaming is picking up. Yeah. Now PMB is doing well. Kodak is doing well. And then I go to a show with PMB in the Bronx. There's this motherfucker performing and everybody's fucking with him. A boogie with the hoodie. A boogie. So I'm like, nah, people singing this. The whole club was singing this shit. This shit was unheard of. You know, people in New York is haters. <laughs> oh, shit, the whole club is singing A boogie shit. Yeah. So I met A boogie like that. And then we, we did the deal with Atlantic with A boogie. And, and they're really all unsigned. They was all unsigned at this time. God damn. Well, I had signed PNB Kodak. I had signed. And then A boogie came in the fold. So, so, is it is it registering to you that you're, you're signing, like literally the people who are gonna spearhead the new face? No, of I, music. I was just having fun. Really? Yeah. So, all right, is Boogie streaming outside? Oh, that's when he just had my shit. Boogie, Boogie was the the last one. Like PNB was already going, Kodak was already going, and then Boogie just took off my shit. He already had those records. My shit and all them records, the jungle, he already had them. He started putting them out. His shit just exploded. Mm. 
So he probably exploded more out of you know the other ones you saw. Yeah, facts. He he went the fastest. And then Uzi was a label mate, so they was running around with Uzi too. Just Atlantic looked it good. Did you put PNB with? Uh, um, well, I mean, they were performing at the same venue. You said PNB with Boogie. I mean, I ain't. We was all hanging out, but you know they did that themselves. Like you know we was all together in the studios, but you know they did that themselves. Oh shit! You know, just cool, man. They was both two cool young kids that met each other and was just hanging out with each other. I just hang out with them in the studio every day. How does the vibe change over the years, though, when people are realizing you're right? In the sense of the picks that you made are starting to deliver, and streaming is now becoming the thing. But the artists that you were fucking with, they're the ones doing good. I be humble with this shit, actually. You know, I just was chilling. Like I'm just trying to find the next one and the next one. Just I'd be happy that I could change somebody's. Life and their family life and give them a better life. So that's what I be looking towards. So you know, it wasn't like I was like, oh, I ain't even think about that to be honest. Like I ain't think about that. So one day I look at the iTunes charts and there's all these acts on there. I'm like, oh shit, like this, this, god damn, we streaming a lot of records right now. I ain't even think about it. Like it's going so fast <sighs> in the moment with it. So you're not even thinking about that. And then I believe. Uh, we're we're moving up, so we're we're like 2016. Kodak is doing phenomenal. He makes it to the freshman cover. He's on there with Uzi, um, 21, 21 Yachty. Yachty. Uh, I forgot which freshman cover Boogie was on. That might have been 15. Boogie was the only one with I think X and P and B. Not mistaken. Or was it one with Fetty was fourteen, I believe. Fetty was fourteen. He was on the red cover, I think. They yeah. All together, him. Yeah, they was all together. Him, P and B, and X. They was on one cover together. Mm. But that was seventeen. That was seventeen. How does everything change when seventeen come around? Because also, you meet a guy named X. 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 Tentacion. X. Rest in peace, X. How does that come together? Because that was one of the signings that didn't happen under. I, I took, I, I went to go see X in jail. I got real cool with him. Like, I, I, you, you got to tell me how you get this even introduction because, like, so I, I had met Solomon. You know, Solomon was living up here. A couple people had told me about X. Me and Solomon went down there. I went to the jail to see him. I had a good conversation with him. You know, Kodak had a lot of influence out there. Mm-hmm. You know, he was really cool with me. I was like, you know, I did a lot of things with Kodak, you know. So I was, I got real cool, and I visited him a couple times. I got real friendly with him, so we was cool. And from that, when he came out, I took him to Atlantic. Atlantic didn't want to sign him. They say he had too many legal issues, problems, you know. So they didn't want to sign him. So Gazi was a partner at Atlantic, so I took him to Gazi. And Gazi did the deal with him on Empire. So you took him. So so that's the thing then, right? So, so I don't know if they do it now anymore. They probably do. But I'm guessing, okay, you have the power to make a deal, right? Yeah. Or like kind of, you know, influence a deal being made. But shit, you know, it's a company. It goes through legal. There's other people who are probably advising. And they're, they're going to do some cost risk, risk assessment as well. So they probably looked at it and said, yo, this guy is. Yo, he's he probably going to be... went to jail. He had that, that charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a couple ugly charges. He was out on bail, so they didn't know if they want to invest the money in him. Gazi is a hustler, so Gazi was like, yeah, of course I'll do it. Wow. So that was always interesting to me. So when, when you got him over to Empire, 
That's with the blessing of Atlantic. So Atlantic is not mad. Like, Atlantic yo. It's not mad. That's what they wanted. Oh, because they didn't want to touch it at all. They didn't want to touch it. Jeez. But that becomes the behemoth. You could have probably saw the wave early, though. There was like, there was the. I went in the studio with him. Mm-hmm. And when I went in the studio with him, I was like, God damn. Hold on one second. Yeah, that's all good. So I was like, I went in the studio with him. And when I went in the studio, when I never had heard an artist that could do everything. He was able to do everything. Backpack rap, street rap, love rap. Rock and roll, heavy metal, anything. I never seen nobody do anything. So I was like, nah, this this guy's gonna take it to another level with this. He could do anything. Yeah, you he, he was a very rare talent. I, I I seen him rap and it almost like his backpack rap shit almost it came really came off of authentic. So I'm not saying tribe cool question. Yeah. Then I then I, then I seen him do some rock shit and some screamo anything. shit. Then also even R and B. The man was Best artist I ever heard because he did anything and he was himself doing it. You know, great artist, one of the, one of the fucking best. Damn. So when did you notice like because he has a huge following? This is the, this is the huge. era of like cult followings too, right? Like Uzi had like a cult following too, but like X, I remember X's following was it was so ridiculous. I remember this is the this is before the era of huge Instagram live numbers. I remember when he got out and he went on live. It was like fifty thousand people watching him, and at that time it was just like astonishing. You're like what? Actually, maybe like a hundred. It was like seventy something thousand. People really loved him. Like he connected with people. And when I watch that shit, I, I just like reflected. I'm like, damn, this dude has like a hold on the culture. So how do you get to work? Are you st- are you still working on all these projects or working for with all these artists still that you sign? I still work with Kodak. That's it. Mm. Kodak is on Capitol now. But 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 at the time, right? So like 2017. Say say um Fetty Wap who's on 300. You still work with him or no? Fetty Wap came with all that music. I can't even. He came with all that music done. All I did was give him a deal and give him an opportunity at a label. He had all that music done already himself. Really. Yeah, he did all that shit himself. So what what artists did you kind of, you know, you know, help oversee and kind of like try to bring some records to them or bring producers to them? P&B, I did a lot for him. A Boogie had all his shit done already. All I did was put Kodak on Drowning. Mm. S is going to go diamond, so, you know. Big record. And a couple other records that, you know, I helped put together and, Stuff like that. But I always sign true artists. I mean, you sign true artists, they usually do everything on their own. You just have to motivate them. So you, you just, the main thing that you look, do you look for a following or talent first? Talent. Without talent, there's nothing. Like, not to use her like, like a punch bag or nothing, but like, Bad Baby. Say you see her, 20 million followers, she's trying to do some music. See, she gets to meet her. I met you. Bad Baby. She was actually cool. Like, you actually like her if you meet her. Yeah. You know, so she's cool. Like, you know, it, it all depends how the person is. But. but but would you sign someone you might not think is as talented because they got a following? 
it, it all depends. It all depends how you meet the person, how the person is, how dedicated they are. If you can make records with them, you know, there's it, it, all a lot of factors go into this. It ain't just, you know, I'm going to sign this person because of a following because that's, that's not going to work. You need a lot of things going to this. It's not just you have a following. That's not going to make it happen for you. Mm. So the, the the whole X thing is happening. You, you're getting some type of points on these things. Yeah, absolutely. Now, right? I'm chilling. Now, at this point, I'm I'm getting better. Now, you know, I'm moving up the ranks up there. Yeah. I always wondered why you, and I don't know, maybe like a VP of like A&R position. Did, did you ever get that? I was, I ended up being the SVP Atlantic. Okay. It took me nine years to get that title. Nine years. Yeah, I started first. You got to start out as a A and R and A and R manager, then director, and then VP and then SVP. So you have to move up the ranks. It's, it's a hard job, man. Did you ever think at any time? Because this is what I thought when I when I realized your lineup. If, if somebody signed Kodak, Fetty, PNB, X, I'm probably forgetting a couple. You know, Shoreline Mafia later on, right? Yeah. Did you ever think that, man, if I had some funding, I could do this shit by fucking self? Absolutely. But it takes a lot of funding. And then once you are A&R, you have a, a deal with a label. So you can't sign anything. Mm. So you have, let's say I hire you as an A&R right now. Act. Yeah. I'm going to give you a five-year deal. So for five years, you can, you can only do this for me. Really? Yeah. So it's not like I could just go and sign. Nah, I, I, I could. I, I'm furnished by the label. So you can't have a label on the side. No, that would make sense. Because it'd be double dipping. It would be a conflict of interest. Yeah. Holy shit! So at least these artists are moving, but people are seeing your value. Like I, absolutely. I, like I can't name too many other A and R's that um people just know on a name basis. I think you know. They might know him, but not to the extent that you're known. How is the building, like, you know, in terms of Atlantic prioritizes such arts? Because, shoot, I remember there was a time, let's go to 2015. I got to believe that Meek is, like, running that building, sells 250, right? I think, I don't know how, well, Ross wasn't on, 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 um, the streaming era for these people is different, though, than, than for the young guys. Yeah. Like, it's a different era. Yeah, but, but, but it becomes like a changing of the guards around 2015, right? So I'm wondering how the building's dealing with it because now a lot of artists who are probably selling more more frequently before, their stuff might go down a little bit while some of these kids' stuff is going up. But now you, you, you know how a label works. You can tell me if, you know, this is not how it works, but... Uh, Priority, like everybody always talk about priority. Talk about what's selling? Yeah, so you know you're gonna prioritize what's doing the most numbers. So, do you start to see the label kind of almost shift focus a bit because now it's a new generation, a new age that's kind of doing the, the most numbers, and it seems like they're doing it with less marketing too. Absolutely, because they're doing it with their own fan bases. The streaming is going. The label ain't putting no money into it. They just looking at it. All these 15, 20 records going by one artist. And they like, oh, shit, what the fuck is going on here? Streaming era. This is also the, the, the era of APG. Uh, APG. NBA Young Karen. Yeah, NBA Young Boy is, is going crazy. Mike Karen is another one that's a fucking goat at this, man. Hustler, ain't he? He's a fucking goat. Mike Karen's one of the best to ever do this shit. 
I, young boy, I never met him, but young boy said this to me. That's why I know that this is a good guy. He said, man, he, he said this when he was leaving Atlantic. He said, man, he said, if it's up to me, man, only way I would stay there is if I could just only sign to Mike Karen. Facts. Mike Karen is real good at this. What is it that separates, like, say, people like you, people like him? Is it the philosophy? Is it the philosophy, the determination, the willpower, and a fucking plan? You have to have a plan. You have to have determination. You have to want to do this. And we're people that want to do it. Hmm. So after, like, how many years did you stay at Atlantic? Nine? I was there nine years. You decided to leave because now now you're at, you know, your new move, Capital. Uh, shout out Capital. Right? Priority Records, Priority. which, which, which I, I thought that was a pretty fitted name, right? Um, why leave Atlantic? And I, I looked at that and I said to you, I was like, this is to me, and I always think in sports terms when I try to think of music, I'm like, you're letting your most valuable free agent walk. How does this happen? It was, I, I was getting more opportunity. And I'm the type of person that I want to do bigger things. So if I could get a bigger opportunity somewhere and I could prove myself more, that's what I want to do. I want to win big. Did you always want to be, like, do another role? Like, obviously, like, you're, you're probably, I don't, I don't even know who would be on the Mount Rushmore of A&Rs, but you're probably on that. Um, did you kind of also look at it and be like, you know what, man, I think I could just, I could be a CEO or I could, you know, be the person who's running this whole operation. Did that become a more attractive uh, thing to you as well? If I just wanted to do more, like I already was an A&R there for nine years. I already sold hundreds of millions of records. So it would have been a thing that if I just did it there again, it would have just be like, oh, all right, Orlando just doing his job. He's just signed somebody else and broke. But if I go somewhere else and do it and change the culture at another label, it's a fucking bigger thing, bigger, bigger accomplishment for me. Yeah. Because I could have coasted in Atlantic another 10 years and retired. True. But I ain't want to coast. I want to dominate. Well, you picked a good label. To, like, I think Capital, I don't know what's going on in Atlantic, but Capital been picking up a lot of drops or. or, th or drops. Atlantic oh, yeah. is a great label. Don't get out I had no problems with nobody in Atlantic. I had nothing but good things to say about people from Atlantic. A lot of people in Atlantic helped me get to where I'm at, such as Long Ray and Mike Kaiser. And Craig Kalman and Julie, they all helped me get to the position where I'm at now. Without all their help, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. Hey, can I tell you a rumor that I heard? Yes, tell me. And I heard it. I, listen, some of my best conversations, number one, not only do I have off camera, I have it with people who are the real behind the scenes people. And they know what's really going on in these buildings. And they know that, <clears throat> for example, you know, I cover media. But when you see, by the time it gets to be media where it's on the blogs or on the news or, you know, music news is writing about it or Variety is writing about it, there's a lot of things that happened before. I remember I'm just watching, I'm like, how the hell did, did um, Atlantic lose NBA Youngboy? How, how did they lose Kodak? And I get a call from somebody who does business with them. And they say, let me tell you what's going on, man. The the infrastructure there is changing, but it's mo it's not because people don't know what they're doing. It's all business, and it made me look at the music game a little bit different because I'm not realizing that at the end of the day, everybody got their own business to really tend to, and it's Absolutely. not and it's not just about yo is yo is. 
Kodak Hot this month Or is he dropping an album Like it's bigger than that When you're working on those type of levels What you gotta understand is Atlantic already has their catalog So They signed them for a good price They got a lot of catalog on them Why give them Tens and tens of millions of dollars When you already own their catalog For everything they did at Atlantic Understand So you're gonna make money already Cause their catalog is gonna keep selling Forever yeah, I remember talking to Young Boy. It's business. It's business. Well, what do you think about that though? So, so I remember talking to Young Boy, and he, and he literally said, "Man, Atlantic won't give me none of my masters back." And we've heard this not only just about it. I mean, then Kanye he was trying to get his masters back. Like artists talk about this whole thing about masters. I'm, Irv Gotti made a pretty good point. You know, and, and clearly he made that good point before he sold this shit for like three hundred million. So <laughs> it's a good point. It's a good time to make a good point. But um, his thing was that hey, listen, you know, clearly artists are valued, but you know, in every deal it has to be fair, and um, just like how artists have, you, well, I would hope they have their publishing to send third. The label owns your masters if you sign a certain particular type of deal. And yeah, not after you complete your obligation, they're going to be like, here, here you go, take it back. You know what I mean? So when you think about shit like that, like, you know what I mean? Um, because some people say the music business just inherently is unfair to artists. How do you think about how those structures are? This is what happens, though. At, this is what you got to put into account. For every NBA young boy, it's 500 people who didn't make it. And the label invested in every 500 of those people and lost money on them. So then when they hit a lick with one person, they try to make money. So it's like a, think of it like a pool. They're pooling the money together. We're going to sign 300 people this year. Only five of them will make it. But those five that make it, I add up for everybody else that we signed that didn't make it. I might give you 500,000, you 500,000, you 500,000. I'll take a loss on everybody. And then one person that I sign makes money. So I'm making money with him. To that person, it looks like I'm killing him. But how about the other 300 people that I signed that I took a loss on? So mm. you got to think about it like we pooling the money together. So then other people could get opportunities and other musicians could get a chance. That's true. I, I remember, again, you know, in, in my, I want to say about like two to three month attempt at like, yo, hey, let me try to do the label thing. I remember I was just like, really? I'm like, yo, I got to find the one. And somebody who's an executive, actually, uh, this is my man, uh, Elliot Grange. He said to me, he said, man, guy right there. he said, yo, I, let me tell you how this works. He's like, well, he gave better odds than you. He said, he says, you get one hit, they'll pay for the other 10 fares. You can't just sit here thinking that you're going to play the lottery and hit with the first ticket. It just don't happen like that. You're yeah. taking a chance. Like, you know, um, I'm pretty sure you've probably given deals to people who you possibly thought was going to, you know, Absolutely. blow. And then they probably either don't have the work ethic, getting locked up, getting this and third. How the hell, like, how do you try to mitigate that type of shit? There's nothing you can do about it. Like, you, you know, you go behind them, you give them the best service they could give them, best records, best advice, best mentorship, and just hope for the best. And like I said before, we can't pick what people like. You've signed a lot of artists from the streets, right? And, um... I remember even with like Kodak, like Kodak was always caught up in legal issues. How stressful is that when, you know, 
you're, you're probably also not looking at him just like an artist, like an asset. You're looking at him like a friend. He's your friend, and they about to go to jail. Like you don't want nobody to go to jail. That's a friend of yours. You know, at the end of the day, you don't even care about the music at that point. How do you try to keep those artists from those situations? That's even the best advice you could give them, man. That's all you could do. Because at the end of the day, you're not with them 24 hours a day. You know, Yo, look, man, you shouldn't. You know, try to be mature about this. You know, you you a young man who's been lucky and been blessed. And you got the chance to change your your family's whole well-being. So, you know, you should really take this serious and, you know, try to slow down a little. That's all you could tell somebody. Because at the end of the day, not their father. True. You know, so all you could do is give them good advice. You know, don't say no ridiculous thing. Oh, yeah, that's not. Nah, man, look, man, you, you got a good situation here. Don't fuck this up. Yeah. How important is it that the artist, because when I speak to Every artist has ever mentioned you. They talk about you not like, oh, this is a dude I respect, like a business partner, but they talk to you, they talk about you like you're a big homie. They talk about you like you are someone who they trust. And I do know that, you know, like for example, like 21 Savage actually said this. He said, when they asked him, why did you sign to Epic? He said, man, I'm going to keep it real with you. That's, it was the first familiar face I seen that I felt comfortable with. So, and, and really, I think that was in a microcosm, a lot of artists say there is an uncomfortability when they're signing to labels because they don't, they don't know, they don't really know what they're getting into. So trust becomes a big part of the equation. Absolutely. So when, so when they could kind of reason with you and be like, I trust you, it goes a long way. How do you kind of develop that trust with them? Like any, like anybody, you meet them and, you know, you have common interests, and you just, some people, you just meet them, and you're like, damn, he's a hell of an artist. I want to help him. I mean, you know, tell him the right thing to do. Let me let me be a good mentor to him. Because a lot of these kids come from the street. They don't even got no fathers. So they don't got a good role model. You know, let me, let me be a good role model to him. Like, let me show him it's something different. Like, you know, you got the talent to really make it and do something impactful. So you should really take this serious. And, you know, just always be a voice of reason. Mm. So so now, and I'm wondering how different is this, right? So now you, you you're the uh, what's the what's the exact title? I'm the EVP of the Capital Music Group. Oh, that's big. And I'm the president of Priority. EVP is Executive Vice President. President of the whole Capital Music Group, which they gave me an opportunity, and now you know I got it. So I mean, you sitting at that round table for the entire Capital. Absolutely. In, in, in Atlantic, I was just a president of A and R. I was SVP, senior vice president of just the A and R department. At Capital, I'm the EVP of the whole Capital. That's a historic building. Historic, man. That's why I took the job because I felt like, you know what? I really feel like I could make an impact here, and you know I could change the culture for the better here. Wow. So, what's what's the big differences? And and you know. You would know more than me. What's the big differences on what you used to do in terms of just when you're you're just a SVP of A and R versus now you're running a whole label? Because now I got to think that you're probably managing all type of stuff, budgets, marketing department. You got to manage everything it's, it's beneath a big you. Big difference, act. Big difference. You know, at Atlantic, I had a lot of people that supported me and helped me. Here, you know, I, I, I'm just getting to meet the people, and you know, but there's a lot more work, and I'm, I'm willing to take it on. I'm happy to do it. You know, if, if, if I can make people famous and 
change their lives and better their lives, then shit, that shit makes me happy. So, you know, I want to learn more and do more, you know. The more I know about the business, the more I learn, the more people that I be around are going to learn because I empower people and I teach people. The more you'll learn, the more I come places and be like, yo, you know what, you should do this, you should try this, the more I can educate people. So the more I learn, the more I'm in these buildings, the more I can educate artists, and that's my goal, to educate people so we know what we're doing and we getting the right things we're supposed to be getting out of this. Is there ever a fear that, um, yeah, you connected with a bunch of artists from, like, say, 2013 to, like, 2018 and signed them? Is there a fear that, yo, maybe these younger kids now just don't connect with you and you might not sign, like, you know, one of these transformative artists like you've done before, like, many times? That's why I get young A&Rs. I have young A&Rs under me. I mentor them, and they could go sign them. So I could give somebody else an opportunity where, per se, I don't have to sign people anymore. But now when you sign them, I got all the knowledge. I got the producers. I know how to do the business, and now I'm helping you do it. So mm. you could go to another level. Mm. What's the difference? That's, what's the difference in workflow? In, in, or like workload? I mean, like you know, a lot of workload, a lot more meetings, a lot more budget things. In Atlantic, it was just me dealing with artists, and I have to deal with artists and deal with everything else. But the more knowledge I get, the more I can teach people. So I'm welcoming it. Uh, also, which I don't know if they're still at Capitol, but um, we just seen the the news. Uh, QC did some ridiculous deal, Shout uh, out ridiculous Coach amount of a ridiculous amount of money. Um, we're seeing bags being handed out over here, man. Like because music, people are learning the business now. So now, now somebody like Coach and P, they learned the business and they got their just do. So now people like me and you can see what they doing and be like, all right, cool. Now we're learning the business more, and now we could do what. P and Coach did. Now look, is is obtainable to a black person. It's obtainable to somebody from the inner city that they could really do shit like Barry Gordy was fucking doing at LA Reed and do it on another level. Do you think that's selling out? No. It was it was interesting. I was watching uh so P made a post and like he addressed and I don't know who said it. I don't think he that that's what it is. But I guess, you know, when people hear selling and it's interesting when we, like, for example, if, if Todd Moskowitz sells his shares or gives up whatever from 300 and then go, goes to uh, Alamo and then sells Alamo. and Like, you know, this this is how the game is played. Like, nobody bats an eye. Nobody's like, yo, this nigga's selling out. But when it comes to, like, people of color, you know, it's almost like a, a, a shaming tactic to say, yo, you got to hold it forever. You got to hold these cards forever, motherfucker. That's not what you do. It's more of a... Jealousy thing. People don't know how to be happy for people. People just be jealous of other success when you shouldn't. You should look at what somebody's doing, learn, and try to do the same thing so you could be successful. You could put that hard work in. You could have a plan and do what they're doing. That's for motivation. You know, P could start on a P. P could take his money that he got and he could start another company, or he could build on that company and do more. That's what you do. Yeah, it's funny because we're starting to see more black and brown faces like really heading up these labels. I think who's at Def Jam? Tunji, shout out Tunji, man. He's at Def Jam. He's making history up there. Yeah, like I mean, I don't know the history of who actually ran Def Jam. I know some notable name clearly, but um, we're seeing a lot more. You know, people from within the culture kind of being in these positions to really make absolutely shit shake. 
what do you think that's going to do? Because I think music is in a in an interesting period, and I wanted to hear your opinion on that too. Um, I think because music discovery is so fragmented and is so random, you know, it's leaving not only labels but everybody else is playing the extra catch up game, and when you can't do a reasonably good job of predicting shit, the business is hard to work with. Absolutely. So what do you feel like in the sense of um, where music is at now? I feel music is at a good place. I feel like that we already got a, a, I feel it's getting a little redundant, but then that's when these kids, when you get a young kid who's 15, 16 now and takes all this and changes it. So I think music is going to come to a change soon. You know, you have all these young kids doing what they're doing, and they'll change the music. They, you know, it's an evolution. I definitely believe that we're getting into a... Um, and then we're, we're in the drill era. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I like the drill era and everything, but I'll probably looking at the bigger is like that, impact. That, that's, what the, is that, that's what the kids are doing. So it, we could have been... You know, our parents would look at what Run DMC was doing and like, oh, look at this. Like, but this is streaming, though. This. Are they streaming or are they streaming good? Yeah, some of them are streaming. Some of them are streaming. Right now, if I could be an artist. But everybody's doing it, so it's like, what you going to tell these kids if that's what they're listening to? Uh, right now, if I was an artist, I would want to be like uh, either a Latin artist or a Afro, well, Afro artist. You, you got to understand Africa invented music. So Afro beats is always going to be worldwide music because all music comes from Africa. Well, I guess that's what, that's what my point was. Like, do you feel like, you know, I, I still listen to, like, I love Bronx Drill. Bronx Drill, I'll be Fast. loving it, right? A Thames record to be like, I can hear this all day and I can hear this in my car yeah. with my family. And, you know, it's different. Because streaming now, right, is international, is it just more lucrative when you get these artists that are making international records? Because I would, every time I hear a Thames record, I hear a record from Davido, I hear a record from Burna Boy. This, this is the difference between them and our shit with the inner city. Let's just say the inner city kids that are coming up, they're fucking cool. Everybody emulates inner city kids. You probably don't want to have people emulating Thames. You love the music. Smash records, mm -hmm. but people don't emulate them. People emulate kids from the inner city in the United States. That's what the draw is. That so is when, true. When they catch records, it it goes because people want to emulate these people. You might not have somebody want to be like Burner Boy, but Burner Boy makes fucking hits. Here's one of the problems I see also with Bronx Drill. The artists are getting locked up before they could actually like. Imagine I, I just invest, invested a quarter million dollars trying to promote, make some records for you. You get locked up. What what, what the fuck just happened? That's like right. I seen K. Fla I thought K. Flock was just going to be a fucking superstar. Superstar gets locked up. You know the timetable on him. You know even resolving this K. case. K. Flock was supposed to be the next artist out of New York. He was definitely to be the next artist. Out I agree. Of New York. I don't Big. know if he knew that. How do you tell an artist that? You have to have the right people around you that's going to motivate you in the right way and give you the right advice with these kids that don't have fathers and, and grew up fucked, fucked up situations. Act So you have to, if you're in their life and you're doing music with them, you have to have a, a person of reason who could be like, yo, you know what, you, don't, you shouldn't be doing this. You're going to fuck this up for your family. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than you coming outside. These people you coming outside with ain't, 
ain't going to help you if the chips is down. If you in jail, nobody's going to send you anything. You're going to fuck this up for yourself. And if you have the right people, giving them the right information, the right motivation, and the right love, they will make the better decisions than just wanting to drill and then drill and then go outside and drill. It just don't make no sense when you're a musician. Yeah, I think that's... Flock was a fucking musician. Yeah. If he would have acted like a musician and had the right information from people, he wouldn't have been outside like he was in the army. So so let me give you the catch-22. Some people might say, yeah, he's a great musician, but part of what makes the music great is that we know he was that guy. But you're already that guy. You don't have to keep doing it. Go somewhere else. You already got a record deal. You got some money. Once you took money from a label, you should be more responsible to know that you can make it in life and you shouldn't be out there like that anymore. You're not living the same life as, as the people you used to live with. People change and evolve. Mm. So, so you're not opposed to an artist moving away from the city after he gets... Fuck no. I I lost a couple artists already, so I would never be opposed. You have to, you have to save your life. So what you're going to be out there wanting to get killed? No. Golf Brooks ain't, ain't where he grew up at running around shooting people. Walden, whatever the fuck his name is, Walden, whatever, he ain't, you know, these people are musicians. You have to understand once you take a record deal and people listen to you, you're a musician and you should take your craft seriously so you can excel at it. Mm. No, that, no, that's super interesting. I'm, I'm wondering what do you see the future of like just music being? So like, um, you know, I was just reading just interesting streaming numbers. Yo, Bad Bunny last year broke the streaming record in July. That just sounds crazy. Bad Bunny he is broken in six months. Anomaly. Bad Bunny is as, as good as Drake at this shit. Like a lot of people, it's hard to say something, but Bad Bunny's really good at this. It's just he raps in Spanish, but he's elite. He's just as good as the boys. So you know. Okay, not trying to like diminish his skills. Is it that, or is like the Latin market just outgrowing the U.S. market? Globally, the, the U.S. market is very boring and redundant. Or, or maybe I should say the English market. You have the same people rapping for years, already doing the same shit. So when you have something like Bad Bunny that's different, you know people gonna gravitate towards it. Would you sign Latin artists? Absolutely, I'll sign any artist as a musician that wants to make music and better their lives. Well, you can speak Spanish, so so you might be different. Absolutely, you sign. You go to Nigeria and sign like a Afrobeat artist. Absolutely. You know, we, we're Caribbean. So Caribbean, we come from Africa. So, you know, even Spanish music is Afro-Spanish. It comes from Africa. So that's why it connects so much with people. Spanish, Afro beats. It's just a global music. Have you, have there been an artist where, like, you kind of heard you're like, nah, this ain't it. And they turned out to be it. Like, like I'm just thinking about. Yeah, Absolutely. Really? I mean, I'm not the barometer for everything that's hot in the world, you know? Like, some of you just thought, name, name one, if, if, if that, that you were like, eh, I'm not too sure, and you're like, damn, what's up, world? Really? Yeah, I thought he was cool, but you know, I was running with X and all of them, so you know, I didn't think he was better than X. I, was, I, I don't think he was cool. better than X either. I just thought he was cool, but then he exploded, made Jeez. hit records, good hooks. You know, he was a great, ended up being a great artist. Wow. Rest in peace, Juice World, you know? That's one of those, man. What do you think about this saying? Because people always say it. Well, you know, they, they, I don't think he's ever even spoke on it, but they, they try to make it like, oh, it's an empire thing. 
where like artists are passing away. Nah, man, but then crazy. they come up with this conspiracy theories that, you know, even Fr French Montana was on my podcast. He said, so, yo, these are these labels are taking out life insurance on artists. And the basic thinking is this. But that's there's life insurance on every artist. It's not like, you know, if you if I give you five million dollars, I got to put insurance on you like something could happen. You have a heart as you get hit by a car. It just doesn't mean that somebody's going to kill you. It just so happens that the ignorant ever we're in. People are attacking artists and artists are acting like they're not musicians when they should be acting more like musicians and taking care of themselves. Mm. So, you know, of course, if somebody invests money in you, they want to put life insurance on us. Well, it's common sense. The, the, the theory around it is that they're like, well, the label gains stands to profit more when you pass away. Nah, that's not that's not true. Nobody wants nobody to pass away. Like there's no amount of money worth you losing somebody. That's that's just ridiculous. There's no conspiracy I theory. No, I agree. There. There's so many crazy. Every every rapper that's been killed, they know why they died, and somebody somebody got locked up for it, and you know, there's no conspiracy. Have you theory. seen the conspiracy theory with, with what people are talking about with X? Yeah, but you've seen the kids. They have them on camera, like you know. It's, Yo, I've been arguing, like I've been doing my live stream and breaking it down and arguing with like people who just want to believe this was like they're like, no, Drake did it, and I'm like, I'm like Drake unfortunately, like I know it might be far fetched for y'all to understand. Yo, a, a huge celebrity walks in somewhere, dudes who are dead broke, dead broke. looking for an opportunity, they feel he's gonna have some cash on him. They're gonna try it. He was at the wrong place at the right time. At the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Drake is in a hundred and fifty million dollar house. Drake is a one of the best musicians of all time. Yeah, Drake is not doing that. Like it's just ridiculous to even think of that. Yeah, yeah obviously, like fucking ridiculous. And really, I think I think only kids are are really thinking about this because, like, one of the things I do like about that trial is that it's streamed. You could see all the evidence. Yeah, definitely. You could see, like if you even felt. One percent anywhere else, you could see the evidence laid out there. It's just disgusting that those people do that to that kid, that poor kid. Yeah, it's just disgusting. You know, the, for, for, for that for that amount of money, it's just disgusting. It was in my belief this whole time that he didn't give the bag up, and then they shot him. But I gotta confirm again. But it seems like they said they got the bag from him, and maybe because X may have it was like talking back to them or whatever, they shot him after they got the bag. It's ridiculous, and now they they lost their lives. They took a legendary person away from his family. Nobody won in that situation. And like nobody wins, and then it, it was done by losers. Those guys are fucking losers. No matter how you slice it, they all fucking losers. Unfortunately, I think you know X was very comfortable around where he lived at, and I don't think he felt he was a he good was in, person. He didn't feel he was in danger. He was a good person. Everybody liked him. Everybody fucked with him. He ain't. He was in Florida. He's a Florida boy. Mm. It was just a sad situation. Yeah, incredibly sad. You know, them dudes deserve to be go, going away for Absolutely. life. Absolutely, like, because you're not you do that to X. X wasn't a threat. It's three. It's four y'all with guns. Like what? Why, what y'all doing? Yeah, and I feel so bad for Cleo because she got to she got to relive it. Yeah, and Cleo's such a great person. Yeah, she she got to relive all that trauma that came with that day, man. Rest in peace, X, man. Rest in peace, X. And, and Cleo, you know, we all here for you. You know, Cleo always, man. Cleo always been such a great person to me and to everybody around me. So, you know, yeah, nothing but love and respect for Cleo. 
Yeah, we were talking about this outside, right? Um, who the hell could actually? I don't want to say knock Drake off, but it's like, is Drake run ever really going to end? You know, there was twice that people thought about this, he's right? He's just fucking good. That month. He's just so fucking good. There man. was two times in his career people thought it could have happened. And then he does every type of record. He'll do a reggae record, Jamaican record. He'll do a love record. He'll do a street record. He did a Spanish record with Bad Bunny where he rapped in Spanish. He's just a great musician. And then he's a great person. Everybody fucking likes him. He shows everybody love. He brings everybody up with him. He's made about 20 careers. He's getting about 20 people careers. And, you know, he's still down to earth. He takes care of his friends. Every, his same friends are still with him. You know, he's just an anomaly, that guy. Let me ask you a question because you, you, you definitely grew up on Jay, right? Absolutely. Um, at this point with, with, with Drake, it feels like whenever he wants to stop, that's when it's gonna be over. It doesn't Definitely. seem like it doesn't seem like he's gonna be like, oh, he's now, falling Jay, off. Jay always rapped the same. He'll just go to a big producer get a beat. Drake raps is different, gives you different shit every time. When Jay didn't do that, Jay just rapped really good and rapped on hot beats, but the same. It wasn't like Jay was a great hook maker. He just had hot bars. You know, his hooks was okay, but he was so cool and he was such a. Such a great businessman that he kept himself on top. You know, he's Jay-Z, you know. He made himself into the biggest rapper at one point. Yeah. And now Drake does all types of music. And there's a difference now. It's, it's harder to get tired of him because he's doing everything else. Billboard dropped their uh, top 10 rankings. Well, it was really a top 50. I seen Ja Rule was tight. He said, I'm not in the top 50. You can't name 50 rappers dead or alive. That's better than him. That's what he said. I mean, Ja Rule made a lot of great music. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Ja not being in the top I didn't even know he wasn't was in the top 50 until he said so, but that's kind of wild. Yeah, he always made great music. Who You don't have to give me like a like a full list, but give me some people who would definitely fall within your top 15 or whatever. 15? Yeah, because you know what I was thinking about? I was like, Ross fits in my top 15. Rick Ross. Man, Ross was Ross Ross dominated nasty. Rap. Ross dominated rap for four or five years. Dominated. And also, Ross, one of the niggas who really was rapping with his back against the rope, and he came out swinging, and he and he, I, he, he made, made it do it. He made it do it. hard beats, and he did his thing. Like, Ross. And he ushered in, like, you know, a lot of producers kind of came with, like, you know, BMF, that BMF song, you know what I mean? Come on. Ross, Ross really did his thing. Ross was just, what happened with Ross, though, Ross was just straight to the point rap. It wasn't artsy rap. Mm. Ross was just fire. Fire straight to the, wasn't no dimensions to him. But, but he, had, he had this, like, almost Southern Cameron-esque way voice. of, like, describing, like, like, he would describe a color. Like neon green, great rapper, but it was just straight to the point. He wasn't like a mystical, yeah, magical yeah, yeah, human yeah, being. Yeah, 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 he was yeah. like Rick Ross; he could rap his ass off, rap on hard beats, do his thing. Yeah, but it wasn't like he was like no, an artsy you, guy. You know, he wasn't artsy. Like Jay Z made himself artsy. Like Jay Z, Jay Z for the for like the second half of his career, wrapped in mystery. Well, he would be dissing a nigga, and and like. 
if you didn't know the dude he's into it with, he'd be like, oh, this is just a great song. Jay-Z's. Keep inching the danger zone. Are you going to make that boy whole? Put your name in a song. But I put big on top of Jay. Really? Absolutely. Why? Only only two albums on you do that? Yeah, because Big was the man. Big was the man in Brooklyn. Really? Big was the man. But Jay was the man, too. After Big. I mean, he couldn't come before. It was the same time. They had records together, but it was still Big. Well, Jay's younger than Big, though. Yeah, but they still came up at the same time. Jay actually started rapping before Big. Oh. He he was uh, rapping with original And Big Big was with Diddy. Yeah, but Big just was big, bro. Big was big. Big was a mad magical human being, like you know. Mm. He was mystical. So you got Biggie like probably top of your list now. Yeah, I got Biggie definitely top three, and then I got Pac up there too, man. I don't be putting Pac on my like if it's just but bars. Pac, Pac was a poet, man. But no, I think Pac's the greatest hip hop artist, and he had great subject matter and. You got all those things you're saying is is a sign of a great artist. He gave his heart, like you felt with the fuck yeah. he was saying. Like you know, he did songs from "Dear Mama" to "Brenda's Got a Baby" to, to changes. Jay ain't have records like that. Jay just had hustling records, you know, a couple cool records, but it wasn't like that. I'm still investigating if he really lost ninety two bricks. Somebody whispered in my ear recently and said, "No, Jay was really hustling." Ninety two bricks sound exorbitant. Yeah. <laughs> nah, 92 no, no bricks comment, man. He's Jay Z though So now he could buy 10,000 A million Yo you bricks. see the deal He just did That's Yo I right. be watching Pockets so crazy it's, it's, it's disgusting Yo he just did 750 million for He sold the, the other half Of Duce That's a win Yeah man Jay, Jay's the man bro At the end of the day our, Every rapper Jay's the fucking man Jay's the, He's He made himself The man out All these All these All these rappers Are kids compared to him yo, He's he, on another level with his business acumen and the way he carries himself. Yo, he really brought in a Henny competitor, made it seem high class, worked it through the culture, and then flipped it and got down there a billion dollars. Jay, Jay's the Jay's the best all around businessman, putting himself in a position where everybody's down. Looking at, he's up and everybody's looking down. He's the richest rapper ever. So, you know, Jay-Z's the fucking man. You know, hands down. Like, you know, you can't take nothing away from him. But rap is a lot of facets to just rapping. You know, he did it on everything else business-wise, making himself the man, keeping himself hot for 12 summers. So, Drake or Jay, who you got above? It don't feel like you got Drake nowhere near Jay. I, I, I fuck with Drake. I fuck with Drake. I think Drake makes the most hits. But if I'm going to listen to something back and forth, I'm going to listen to Jay before I listen to Drake. But I think Drake got better music than him, but he ain't got better bars than him. What about Kendrick? Kendrick is fucking magical. He's coming out of left field with his bars. He's rapping on some other shit. But I would, I, I would, I would listen to Jay's album more than I would listen to Ken. I would listen to Kendrick. I'll, I'll indulge in Kendrick a lot. But if I only had one or two, uh, one, if I can only listen to Jay or Kendrick, I'm going to listen to Jay. Um, There's a lot of talk about the leader of the new school. Like when, you know, you had Kendrick, ASAP, 
Drake, uh, Meek Mill. Drake is the around. leader of the new school. Like, there's hands down. Like, nobody even comes close to him. Yeah, yeah I, I think I always make this comparison. People always think that I'm, I'm being disrespectful to everybody else. Like, Drake kind of left the field behind, kind of like how LeBron did when people used to be like, yo, it's LeBron and Carmelo. You know what I mean? It's like, after a while, people just, just said, yo, it's and LeBron. to rank it as Jay Z and Drake. That's yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. No, nobody comes close to them. You could make a list and you could put anybody you want on the list. But if we're just talking about musicians and the impact they had and what they've done is Jay-Z and Drake and nobody comes close. Why don't we get another class? Like, like what's happening in music and music discovery that we don't have, like, a, a couple of young, like, first of all, of young rappers who are, like, spitting bars, like, one of the few I think about is Corday. Like, that doesn't even seem, like, going to Kendrick crowd doesn't seem appealing these days. And Corday don't stream a lot. It's not like Corday streaming crazy. Now, hopefully, Anderson Pack helps him get a bigger fan base and get more footing because Corday's really nice at rap. But even he he don't stream a lot for somebody that's so talented. Yeah, so that's what I'm wondering. Are we gonna ever get like I just another? Think people don't care no more. It's gonna be just TikTok dances for for, for the rest people of the time. Don't care. Just people don't give a fuck. And that R and B is, is that no people don't give a fuck? no more. Is it people don't give a fuck or? The the songs just ain't good enough. The songs ain't the songs ain't what they should be, and people's attention span just ain't there no more. Mm. Sometimes you hear a little TikTok song, you think the whole song is that little eight second clip, and then when you hear the whole song, you don't even like it. You're like, oh, I just like the clip. It's like it's snippet like, culture. Wow, it's like the little clip. So you know, it's like dumbing down, and then. Artists don't make good music. Who the fuck is an artist that raps like Kendrick now that's, that's 16, 17? I think every every artist is doing... I think Uzi's last song was like mad interesting. I Wanna Rock? Yeah. That's a good song. It's a good song, but somebody said this to me and I can't unhear it after. It's like, that song was the beat featured Uzi. <laughs> you I know mean, what I mean? He still, he still made it a hit, you know? No, a hit is a hit. But 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 it's one of those he things knew what where the, how to how to come on that shit to make people fuck with it. But think about why it's a hit. It's a hit because of the dance, not the song. So so the, that's not the actual song. It's it's a hit because he complimented the beat, which you could say rapping is, but he, comp, he pretty much ad libbed half the song. Facts. He ain't say nothing on it, but he you know that's that's what but, makes but him a little oozy. That seems to be a formula now. Like I mean, I look at I can't listen to a two rare song. Without kind of seeing the visual of the dancing, like I got to see the energy. You know what I mean? That's, that's a that's a nice energy guy right there too. Nice, yeah. shout out super to got, you know, got, he got hella energy. energy. I, I love the song uh, Cupid he got with um. He, he's entertaining. You know, some people sometimes you want to be entertained. So is is now a time where maybe images coming back to matter? Where visually you might have to capture people with a dance. But everybody looks the same though. So image, people got to change their image. Everybody wears the same clothes, the same sneakers, the same little pants. You know, I wonder I, if we get a... I feel like every time when I say this, I'm, I'm overlooking people. A Missy Elliott or like a Ludacris. Like people who are just kind of a little bit out of the box. I knew Ludacris was um, the, the baby. baby. What happened with the baby? I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't understand because, you know, he was. I, I still think. I don't think the music has declined that much. He, he rapped good. Like, he ain't rap bad. He said cool shit. 
let me ask you a question because they say this about not only the baby, but they say this about little baby, and then they try to say this about pretty much any artist who's trying to find a reason to hate. Yo, he's just rapping the same all the time. But I feel like most rappers stay within their pocket. Drake is just one of the few who just like he's switching up his flow so many times. But the majority of rappers are staying within the pocket, man. They're not they're not like trying to like get new flows every song. Little baby stays on some cool shit, you know. He stays with his cool shit. And he just got his his lane and he stays in there. The baby, I just think people started hating on him. He came out of nowhere, blew up, and people just started hating on him when they shouldn't have. He was a talented guy. Yeah, I think and it was then his, his social actions. media ain't help him. I don't think his interactions with people. How do you tell an artist, or or how do you manage that for an artist? I, I've always said, um, I mean, you just tell them like, yo, you know, look, man, you gotta you gotta be more mature out there. You know, you you making a lot of money. A lot of people can't make this money ever in their life. Like, you gotta appreciate it. But also, sometimes it's hard to like measure likability. Like I said, it's about Ice Spice yourself. I said, yo, I don't think she's the best rapper. Um. I think she's still working on trying to, you know, get to that point that she could create music for whatever fan base she's trying to cultivate in an easier way. But one thing I do like about uh, there's something that's like about her, like she has her likability score. You want to root for her? Yeah, she looks she looks cool, and it comes off on her. Like, yeah, she, she, cool, she don't nice come girl. across like a, like. She don't come across like she's bitchy. She don't come across like somebody you want to hope fail. Me, her, she's cool. She's always polite, has a smile, and has a good vibe to her. And then her records are cool. Her records ain't, she ain't talking about shooting nobody. She ain't talking about nothing. She's just talking about cool shit. And that's the difference between her records and every other woman's records in New York. Every other woman's records in New York are on some crazy drill, ridiculous. Oh, yeah, the women are the shooters now. Yeah, but now her shit, she don't talk about that. She just talks about, you know, this, that. We having fun. We dancing. We having a good time. Your man wants me. Your man can't have me. Shit like that. That's how, that's her vibe. You know, she never says, "Oh, I'm gonna shoot you in the face." And people rather have a good time. She she portrays a good image, you know. And people rather fuck with that. I'm wondering if the um um not necessarily the group, but the uh, the over sexualized city girl esque style music is getting a little bit. Mundane, like people are just like, it's just like everything else, man. Rap is really boring right now, act like you know. So, these girls, are what do you think is missing though? Kid. These kids, a kid to change it up, put mesh all these styles together and come up with something good. I think you're right. I remember when Pop Smoke, like, if Pop Smoke didn't pass away, I think Pop Smoke was he gonna took New York over, he was gonna change New York. But you see, Pop Smoke had two drill records and they were both hits. Welcome to the party. And Dior, and then he had regular records after that. Yeah. He was making regular music. What you know about Love Fire? In fact, you know, shout out Steven Victor. Steven Victor knows what he's doing. He's a great A&R executive. And he went and gave him the right records. Yo, look, man, you can't be doing this drill shit. You already got two drill hits. You can't keep doing it. You got to make real music. Get on the radio. And he came out with great records. You do you think that's a conversation that Steven Victor probably had with him, or maybe maybe he's he's just intuitively know like, I mean that's something that Steven Victor had to you know drill on him because Steven Victor's real good at this. Have you ever kind of like you know noticed that maybe an artist that you're working with is feeding a little bit like I don't know maybe they going through something with somebody, and now they in the, they in the booth every day making dumb aggressive music all the time, and maybe like you're kind of realizing like you know you could get like a little a female audience if like you just made. A love song. Absolutely. I mean, but you know, everybody, these artists go through phases. You know, you just got to 
Yo, look, man, what, what you gonna do today? Like, you know, you can't talk about the same shit you talked about yesterday today. Like, you know, get a little creative. Think a little out the box so you can make some records people want to hear. Mm. Jeez. So, for Priority Records, are you hiring ARs? Shout out Priority. Oh, we got a couple A&Rs over there. You know, we got Vok. I don't know if you're familiar with Vok. I've heard that From name Brooklyn, a few good times. Guy, you know, he, he signed a couple, you know, he spearheaded the drill movement. You know, so we got Vaca over there and a couple other young guys. Shout out Lonnie. Shout out Jake. Shout out Sarah. You know, we got a nice little team that I have from Capital that, you know, we integrating in there. I'm I'm surprised like you're out here because I I, I think everything just kind of happens in L.A. Like, do you like L.A.? I like L.A., but, you know, I'm from out here and I had a lot of success out here. And I think I can continue to have success out here. I would think you'd have to move out there to like have that job. We need a nah. You know, we got an office here at Universal. We have Universal in Manhattan, so you know we put in a nice capital priority office there, and we're gonna get the culture up over here. You know, we're gonna get capital in New York, and we're gonna make a presence over here. What are you looking for? Because you know, we you just had Young Boy and Kodak move over to. Capital. When it comes to artist act, I don't look for anything. I just look for somebody who's talented who could who could push the envelope. And when I hear it, I hear it. It's not what I'm looking for. Because if you go out there look, looking like that, you're never gonna find anything. You know, it's more like I right, who what artists out here are challenging themselves to make better music, are challenging themselves to make something different that people want to hear, that's gonna catch people's ears rather than everything else that we're hearing that sounds the same right now. So, you know, I really don't put pressure on myself to look for something like that. I just listen to stuff and, you know, whatever catches me, catches me. Mm. Wow. So um, is it something where when an artist pops on priority, they get upstream to, like, just capital main? How does that work? My priority is just going to be the rap arm of capital. Okay. So all the rap stuff that goes through wasn't that supposed to be like Motown Motown is Motown <laughs> you know they got their own thing going on Priority has been a historic label you know if you're not familiar with Priority we put the Chronic out by Dr. Dre we put all Easy E's music out we put N.W.A. straight out of Compton Jay-Z Reasonable Doubt like you know Priority has been a historic rap label that's a lot of pressure on you then and we're gonna bring it back I mean Look, man, at the end of the day, I'm just signing people who I think can move the coach and are talented, so I don't put pressure on myself with this, you know? I don't make the music. I just sign the people and get them to make better music and be more focused. So I'm just excited about it, really, excited about changing people's lives. You know, I don't put no pressure on myself with this because I'm not a musician. Are you still having fun with it? I'm just having fun with it. This is a fun job, man. We get to change people's lives and listen to music. You ain't get tired of it? Chasing around artists. One thing I realized, and this is why I started giving credit to people who are managers, ARs, or even executives, the ego on some of these motherfuckers are just. You put that shit to the side, act like you just, you know. Me, I'm a humble person, man. So, you know, I'll just help Yeah, but like, you, but, but you also a really accomplished motherfucker and also a grown ass man. So, when yeah, you're talking yeah, to somebody yeah, who think who's younger, they think they the shit, they talking to you a certain type of way because that's how they talk I mean, to first, I'm not going to let nobody talk to me like that, you know, because I show everybody respect and I want respect back. And, and it goes from there. And I'm giving people good advice, good knowledge, and good mentorship. So, you know, I, I just want to help keep helping people, man. There's a lot of these artists that's ending up in bad situations, and I don't want that for them. 
So if it, if it takes me going the extra mile to talk to you and come see you and do things, then that's what I'm going to do. You know, I've been blessed as an A&R, and you know, I, I, I've, been, I've been really well off and doing really well, so I just want to keep, you know, keep that good vibe going. Yeah. Man, I'm excited for what you got going on, man. man I, me too, man. I, I definitely can't wait to see how I'm this gonna is going to go. I need the community to help me, man. I need everybody to help me. I'm the first executive, really, to come from where we came from and, you know, really put on in a label like this. So I'm going to need the whole community to help me. Like, I need your help. I need everybody's help, man. You know, I ain't, I ain't ashamed to ask for help. You know, we we all can help each other out here. So, you know, I'm going to need everybody's help out there. No, and, and you definitely got my support. I, I, I think you're one of the people who... Um, I've never heard artists say a bad thing about you, man. I try to help everybody act, man. All I keep hearing from from those artists is that you came to where they was at and helped try to bring them to somewhere else and gave them good advice. So, you know, uh, I, I'm happy for you, and I'm happy that the, the it looks like we're, we're seeing a little bit of change in the guards in some of these executive positions real quick. And it, it's a proving ground. So you got to knock it out of the park to probably open up five more opportunities for some other people. That's a fact. Right. You know, I'm hoping Tunji does the same over at Def Jam as well. Me and Tunji, you know, me and Tunji got these opportunities, and, you know, we need to knock it out the park so other people can get these opportunities. I agree. I agree. Listen, uh, whenever you got your first couple signees, uh, you know what I mean, got some big news to, 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 to you know what I mean, crack, let me know. You know what I mean? Act, the, the platform is all yours. You always supported me, and I appreciate you. You always supported all my artists, and you always looked out, man. So, you know, I got nothing but love for you, and you somebody who pushes the, the culture forward and, you help a lot of artists by posting them, and you change lives too. As people, you've gotten deals from posting, so you know. Well, I'll say this about me posting artists: it it wasn't hard. Like you signed the hottest artists. Like I mean, <coughs> every artist I was posting was on fire. In yeah, fact, so you know, it's, it's some artists that you posted out of nowhere. I'm pretty sure and got a deal. Oh yeah, no, of course, them. of course. Yeah, that happens they, all the time. They must have not. They, they might have not sold any records, but they got a deal and they got something. They they got a head start in life, yeah. From you post them, so there's a lot of people's lives you changing, yeah. You know, so you're helping a lot of people in the community change their lives, and you know that that that's something to feel good about. No, hip hop is an amazing vehicle. Definitely, it's that, been so for you, it's been so for me, and 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 I'm glad that I'm get to watch it grow and expand, but see more faces in like these uh, very coveted spots where now when you got somebody at the helm. That they could actually make some decisions that isn't so much about oh corporate and you know what you should do, but okay, this is some cultural shit. And just like how you know when you signed a f couple of artists, they may have not been streaming out the door, but you had faith in them. You're like, you know, no, this is gonna work because I know the culture fucks with yeah, it. Definitely, definitely. Like you know, in Capital, we're gonna make big. You're gonna make big moves at Capital, man. We got um, Michelle Jubilier up there. She's the one that brought me in, and Lucian Grains and. You know, they're really, really, really excited. You know, we're just excited to what the future got to bring for capital, man, and priority and just changing lives, man, the same way you do. Did you think when you started doing this that you posted somebody would change somebody's life? Yeah, I had no idea. But but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I had no idea that the business would shift that, like, when I would say something would matter. I was thinking, oh, I'm, I'm just trying to get an underground situation but then it, the culture starts shifting and the more important my voice became, right? Just like when you signed those artists, you you, you kind of saw something like, no, this is moving. Definitely. The people around you probably like, nah, we don't see it. But once they once it, the culture changed, it was apparent. It was, you know, you had to be blind not to see it. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, 
I, I, I enjoy the ride. The ups and downs and the ebbs and flows, this whole shit, man. It's a good ride, though, right? You wake up in the morning, you happy, right? You got yeah. your, you got your platform. I'm, I'm passionate. You passionate to do it. I know you passionate. Too. You make a good living. Yeah, and you know you want to help people. At the end of the day, yeah, I, I, I know you get. I know you get up and and man, look, man. I'm trying to. Knock it's like you playing ball out here. I'm trying to knock all these labels' heads off, man. I'm not playing with them. I'm coming in here. I'm swinging. I'm taking these big swings, and I'm trying to knock your fucking head off and sell some records. Man, that's your shit, man. Listen, people. Uh, I'm, uh, this won't be the last time I speak to Orlando. Uh, just one of the most talented. Uh, most knowledgeable and definitely most tapped in culturally um, people we have in the industry that's actually fighting on behalf of the artists. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he would come up here and even share these stories because these are the stories I'm like, you know, interested. I'm like, how the fuck do you even get to do what you did so far? But for people who are watching, I also hopefully have opened your eyes and ears to uh, another way how you could be in the music business if this is your passion. You know, he ain't get here by just like looking up. He got here by a lot of hard work. But at least, you you know, now it's not only Absolutely. about being a rapper or the DJ or, you know, oh, let me try to be academics. There's other positions that, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Well coveted. You invented your own position. Yeah. There was no, you invented this shit. There was nobody else doing yeah. this. Yeah. How many academics are there out there? God damn, it's a lot, man. A thousand. So a thousand people have careers doing what you're doing. Yeah. So, you know, you you was the first one yeah. to really have a big platform, have a say-so of what the culture's doing. You're ABC News for the culture. You're CNN. I, I never thought I could have did it without, like, being on, like, Hot 97. And, 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 now, now you're bigger. Yeah, and, and now uh, that's a ridiculous thought. Ridiculous. didn't think I would have been there. Like, we thought just being on DJ Clue would get us on, like, the same shit. Yeah, let me let me let me do a couple things like this. If I could get on Hot ninety seven, I'm the king of the world. And now look, you like man, listen, I got my own Hot ninety seven. Yeah, shit. These days you be like, yo, just give me a rap caviar or some shit, man. You know your own like, platform where you know you could do whatever you want. Yeah. No, of course, man. But anyway, uh, listen. Thank y'all for watching another episode uh, off the record, man. You know, this is my guy right here. Really, just came to kick it with me. You know, our conversations off of camera is just as entertaining, but even more in depth. That's a um, fact. You know, I, I like to build with this man right here, and hopefully, you know, hopefully one day I, I would love for me and you to co collaborate on some shit. Absolutely, we're gonna definitely do something. Me and you gonna change a couple people's lives, man. Nah, I would definitely like yeah, to. I would, I would like Jersey. to see see a play that happens, like you know, um, up front. Like I, I like what um, like say Cheese does. They start getting into the music a little bit. You know, I haven't really done that yet, just because I'm telling you, man, I admire so much of what what you do. Like I, I just wouldn't. We're gonna do something together. Are we gonna get an artist? We're gonna change his life, man. Me and you gonna do it. All right, shit, I'm down for it. Like, as long as, as long as you gonna do the heavy lifting, my guy, do what you did for, for those Let's other go, artists. Man. Make get them records. Let's find the artists. Let's go. I'll just give the marketing push. We I'm gonna, on for it, man. We're gonna make history out here again because you already made history. I made. Of history. course, we're gonna keep doing it. This just the beginning for us, man. Th that's the beautiful thing about this shit, too, right? It's just the beginning. You want to keep making history. That, that's that's the fine greatness. This, if this, you could keep making history, this the beginning. Like I, I was talking to Top Dog the other day, and I told Top, I was like, "Yo, this is a thing where you just started Top, like." It'll come to a point where you sign other people and people be like, oh shit, he had Kendra too. Yeah. You get it? Like, I want to I want to do things where I get so many more artists that people be like, damn, you know, he had Kodak at one point and A Boogie and, and P and B and these other acts. You know, he had them at one point. 
Like now he got these other five that's going crazy. You don't even remember those. And that's what we got to do. We got to keep evolving and keep doing things where people will be like, damn, yo, this motherfucker was, he did that before? Like before this? Like he, had, he got all this going on right now and then he got that back then? So, you know, that's why I want to get it to that point. We'll get there. We'll get there. You know, Just takes a little time, man. Oh no! One time, some you know, some ten years from now, people will be like, "Damn, he worked for Atlantic." I never knew he worked for Atlantic. He signed all them people because I want to make history doing something else now. Yeah, I mean, you got me new history. That's what it's all about. All right, people, we out of here. Thank y'all, man. Um, thank you for watching another episode of Off the Record. Listen, please go get y'all Googles on. You know, what I mean, Google this man, Orlando Warnberg. Google, you know, Priority Records. Google all the great things he's done, and hopefully, you know, um, if you have aspirations, whether being signed to his label or being just like him, hopefully we can help you get there just by you listening to this conversation. All right? Peace out. One.